how's it going? Now, before you ask, I know what you're thinking and no, you're not crazy. No, there hasn't been some weird mistake. Uh, you might be listening to this episode of Man Eaters because it popped up in the Knock and Run Theater podcast stream on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's not a mistake. Uh, it is, in fact, a crossover episode because uh, the topic of today's Man Eaters episode actually is the uh, inspiration for one of the plays that Knock and Run Theater is producing uh, very, very soon called Trevor. Um, the story we are talking about today is Travis the Chimpanzee, which is the direct inspiration um, for Trevor by Nick Jones. So we, I thought this would be a good opportunity to merge our stream, like Ghostbusters, cross our streams. I haven't seen that movie. Apparently, crossing streams is not good, uh, but regardless doesn't matter we're doing it anyway so i'm gonna get into the travis slash trevor stuff in a little moment um but before we do that i should do the introduction the whole intro thing the tagline welcome everybody to man eaters the only true crime podcast on the internet where all the killers are animals i'm your host james aka jim aka uh jim but the other spelling like where you work out aka gaim what's a gaim oh a gime remember that joke from from the Simpsons I thought that was the funniest joke ever when I was little and I still do I'm little in, in my head <laughs> yeah I'm dumb anyway uh, moving on before I jump into the chimpanzee <laughs> part of the story there's a few things I want to talk about in relation to our previous episode now I went back this is the episode about the Savo man lions I think that was episode six um or five, maybe this is episode six. I don't know. I'm confused. You, you already know because you can see the name of the, of the podcast. So you know the episode more than I do. So uh, I was looking back at the script after I posted that episode and I was looking at my little research notes at the bottom and I realized um, there was something that I forgot to include in the script. I think at the time I didn't think it was super important, super relevant, um, especially since that episode was, you know, really hitting near the, near the 20 minute mark. And I didn't want to add it in um, and go over that 20 minute mark. But um, in retrospect, I do think it is interesting to talk about. So what, what I'm talking about is, um, if you remember the Zavo man-eaters, a pair of man-eating lions in Africa uh, picked off, uh, you know, in excess of 30, potentially up to 100 uh, railway workers, mostly Indian and uh, African railway workers in the last year of the 1800s. Um, and what I'm talking about is the... You know, the theories as to why this happened. Um, you know, the reason I didn't think this is super relevant is that they're lions. Lions eat people. That's not that weird. People aren't typically their preferred prey, but it does happen. It happens every year in Africa. People die every year. It's not that odd. But there are some interesting um, theories, and some of them line up really well with, with the years that this was going on. So one of the theories is that there was an outbreak of rinderpest in um, 1898. So rinderpest is like... Um, it's an outbreak of like a cattle plague. It kills all the cattle. Um, and this obviously would have devastated the lion's natural prey or <laughs> not natural prey. Nat cattle, I don't think, were natural prey in Africa. The usual prey, we'll say, um, which forced them to find alternate uh, food sources. There was another uh, theory that was the Zavo man-eating lions might have become accustomed to eating human flesh um, because in the Zavo River, dead bodies of humans were often dumped. And I touched on this a little bit in the episode, um, the African slave trade would actually pass through the Savo River. And so any, and this is really sad, but any dead slaves on those ships would be tossed overboard into the river. And if the lions found them and scavenged on them, uh, which lions sometimes do, uh, you know, lions prefer to eat, uh, you know, 
live prey and to hunt, but they can scavenge as well. And they're not above that. Um, that may have given them a taste for human flesh. Um, and the last theory, sorry, I'm just turning my script here. Um, yeah, the last, oh, <laughs> not the last theory. There's two, two more theories. One of the other theory was that there was a thing called ritual invitation, which is basically like a abbreviated cremation of uh, Hindu railroad workers. So if these people were uh, partially cremated, um, which I assume is in some sort of like, uh, you know, accordance with some sort of Hindu um, uh, religious practice, uh, and the lions found them, the, <laughs> without being crass, it's like eating cooked people. So that, that's another way that they might have been accustomed to that. Um, now, there was alternatively an argument uh, at the time that because one of the lions had a severely damaged tooth, this would have compromised their ability to hunt natural prey. And while that's a really good theory, at the time it was disregarded by the public and also by Colonel Patterson, who killed the lions. Um, Patterson claimed that he, knew, he knows the tooth was damaged, he observed that, but he reckons that happened when he shot the lion in the face. Um, which like, yeah, that would that would do it. If you, if you shot someone in the teeth, they would break. So um, there was no, no, no way to know that. However, recently, uh, as recently as 2017, a study was carried out by a team of, let me get the, right, the name right, a uh, Dr. Bruce Patterson. Uh, Patterson, the name Patterson coming back up there, presumably of no relation. Um, Dr. Bruce Patterson found that one of the lions had an infection at the root of the canine tooth, which would have made it hard for the lion to hunt uh, the usual prey like zebras and wildebeests. Um, so, there, there you go. It's interesting. If you remember back to our very first episode of this podcast, the uh, Chumpawat Tiger, the impetus or one of the impetuses for that tiger to turn man-eater and start killing people, and remember it killed over uh, 400 people, uh, was a damaged canine tooth as well. So it is interesting that those, um, you know, th that reason has crossed over in more than one big cat cases. And I suspect that when we when we look at other big cats, um, that is something that we're going to find as well. So we I haven't done much research research on the Leopard of Pinar, um, but that is an episode that's going to come in Season 2. The Leopard of Pinar, I think, is on the, the top 10 uh, man-eater list that I've put together, and I'm pretty sure it's number 2. I think it's killed around 400 people. Um, I, I would not be surprised if when we research that, if we find out it had some sort of dental issue as well. Um, that seems to be a prevailing problem with the big cat. So, there you go. The, the lions could have just been lions, but there is also the other options. It's... it's uh, Ability to hunt could have been compromised because of a broken tooth or an infected tooth. Um, the the rinderpest, the the cattle plague, um, killing off a lot of the food that it could have eaten as well is an option. Uh, and then of course being accustomed to eating people either through the dumped bodies of slaves into the river or the partially cremated remains of the Hindu workers uh, are both other theories as well. There's no way to know really, um, but we just know what eventually did transpire, which of course you can find all about if you listen to our previous episode all about the Zavo man-eating lions. So, whew, whew, that was a... I don't think I breathed once <laughs> during that entire spiel. That just shows you how excited I am to talk about this topic of man-eaters. So we are talking about another uh, animal attack today, not necessarily a man-eater, but this is an, uh, a very well-documented, very well-known story about an animal attack. Um, this is about, you would have heard this one, a woman in the late 2000s uh, had her face ripped off by a chimpanzee, and that's the story we're going to talk about. Um, and the reason that, again, this is a crossover episode <laughs> is that Tre uh, Trevor, produced by Knock and Run Theatre, um, which is happening in January 2022, 
is based off that story of the woman being attacked and having her face ripped off. And in spite of that horrendous description of the event, uh, it's actually a comedy. Um, so I think what I'll do is I'll talk a little bit about that show at the end of the episode after we talk about the uh, the actual event. We'll talk about the actual event and then we'll talk about almost the alternate history version which is presented in the play Trevor by Nick Jones. So yeah, just without uh, any more waffling on, let's just jump into the story. This is the story of Travis the chimpanzee. <laughs> Travis the chimpanzee was born on October 21st, 1995 at the Missouri Chimpanzee Sanctuary. He was taken away from his mother only three days later by a breeder. His mother's name was Susie and she would tragically be shot in 2001 after escaping her enclosure. Travis was purchased for $50,000 by Sandra Herald and her husband Jerome. The Heralds named the chimp Travis after their favourite singer Travis Tritt and raised him in their home in Connecticut. The Heralds owned and operated a car towing business. Travis would pose for photos at their shop and oftentimes would ride in the tow truck. He became well known in the town and would wave to police officers as they towed cars. Travis could open doors using keys, could dress himself, he would water plants, he could feed hay to his owner's horses, eat at tables with the rest of the family and drink wine from a stemmed glass. He was so fond of ice cream that he learned the schedules of passing ice cream trucks. He could log onto the computer to look at pictures, watch television using a remote control, and brush his teeth using a water pick. He enjoyed watching baseball on television. Travis had also driven a car on several occasions. In his infant years, Travis enjoyed being an animal actor and appeared on TV advertisements for Pepsi and Old Navy. He also appeared on some prominent television shows such as The Maury Povich Show and The Man Show hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. He starred in a TV pilot that also featured Cheryl Crow and Michael Moore. In October of 2003, an incident occurred while traveling on a busy street. A pedestrian had thrown an empty soft drink can at the car that went through a half open window and hit Travis in the head while they were idling at an intersection. Travis unbuckled his own seatbelt, threw open the door and chased the pedestrian. Luckily, the man got away. When police arrived, they, with the assistance of Sandra and Jerome, managed to lure Travis back into the car only to have him let himself out again. This occurred several times. Occasionally, Travis would chase the cops around the car. Travis obstructed traffic for hours but was eventually settled and brought back home. This incident led to a law being passed that banned people in Connecticut from owning primates weighing more than 23 kilograms and requiring anyone who wanted to own one to apply for permits. They did not enforce this rule on Travis, who now weighed 91 kilograms, as the Heralds had owned Travis for eight years and the Department of Environmental Protection did not believe that Travis posed a public safety risk. In 2004, Jerome Herald died of cancer. Before this happened, their only child had died in a car accident. This led to Sandra pampering Travis and treating him like her own son. She would eat, sleep, and bathe with the chimpanzee. Shortly after Jerome passed away, Sandra hired her friend, 55-year-old Charla Nash, to answer phones at the towing company and to assist her with household tasks. This sometimes included looking after Travis. On the 16th of February 2009, Sandra was having trouble controlling and corralling Travis. She attempted to calm him down by giving him tea laced with Xanax, a short-term tranquilizer that is used to treat anxiety disorders in humans. After this failed to rein in the chimp, Sandra called Charla and asked her to come help her out. At around 3.40pm, Charla arrived at the property. Travis had taken Sandra's keys and let himself out of the house. Upon seeing Nash, Travis went berserk and attacked her. Within moments, Travis had ripped off Nash's nose, eyelids, lips, hands, and the upper part of her jaw. He also destroyed her mid-face bone structure and caused significant brain tissue injuries. Sandra, by this time aged in her 70s, attempted to stop Travis by hitting him in the head repeatedly with a shovel. 
When this didn't work, she ran back inside and grabbed a butcher's knife from the kitchen and started stabbing him in the back. Travis turned for a moment, looking confused and betrayed by his mother. His anger then arced up again, and he returned to his furious assault on a now unconscious Charla Nash. Believing her friend to be dead, Sandra retreated to her car using the keys that Travis had dropped. She dialed 911 on her phone. Stand for 911, where's your emergency? Oh, this is Sandy, 241 Rock, Rock Crimmon Road. What's Send the problem? Police. Send the police. What's the problem there? The, the, the chip killed my, my friend. What's the problem with your friend? Oh, please. What's the problem with your friend? I need to know. Send the police up with a gun, with a gun. Hurry up. Hurry up. Please hurry up! He's killing my girlfriend. What is the problem? He's killing my friend. Who's killing your friend? My, chimp, my chimpanzee. Oh, your chimpanzee Please. is killing your friend. Yes. She, he ripped her apart. Hurry up! With a gun. Hurry up, please! There's someone on the way. With guns, please! You shoot him! What is the monkey doing? Tell me what the monkey. He, he ripped her face off. He ripped her face off. He tried to try to attack me. Okay, I need you to calm down a little bit. They're on the way. Can you put yourself away? I don't want the monkey attacking you. Please, hurry up! Listen to me! Uh, they're on the way, ma'am. They gotta shoot him! Please! Please, hurry, hurry! Are you there with your friend? I need you to help your friend. Can you go help your friend? I can't! He tried to attack me now. Is he still there with your friend? Yes. Okay, so then back off. Then don't get any closer, okay? They're already on the way. Please. If the monkey moves away from your friend, let me know, okay? So we can try I to help your friend. No. No, I can't. She's dead. She's dead. Why Why are you saying that she's dead? She's dead. He ripped her apart. He ripped what apart? Her face? My, everything. He ripped her apart? Listen, I think I'm going to sleep. I think I'm going to pass nope, nope, just breathe, okay? I'm going to stay I with you on the phone until they get there. Listen, please hurry. Please, please hurry. <laughs> oh, my God. they got to have their guns out. They got out their guns out. Listen to me. Oh my God. Is this your monkey or whose monkey yes. is it? It's your monkey. No, it's mine. How, how, do you know how big he is? How, yes, how many 200 pounds? 400 pounds? 400 pounds? 200. 200 pounds? Listen to me, please. Where are they? Where are they? And he's a chimp, correct? Yes. Where, where are they? They're going your way. They're going as fast as they can your way, okay? Please. Please go faster. Is the monkey still by your friend, or can you get close to your friend? Okay, I need you to calm down for me. I know it's hard, okay? I know it's hard. But they're going as fast as they can your way, okay? Oh, my God. Please. Please. They tell them they got to shoot him because I tried stabbing him, and he's not, and it made him worse. Okay, Please. Sandra. Have them shoot him. They will. Sandra, I already have the fire department close by, okay? So as soon as the police get there, the fire department is going to move in, okay? The fire department can't move in yet, but as soon as the police officers show up... Please tell them. Shoot him because he's going to try to attack me now. Just breathe, Sandra. Shoot him! Shoot him! Sandra, stay in your car. Shoot him! Sandra, I need you to stay in your car. Shoot him, please. I tried stabbing him, and, and he's hurt now, too. So so he's going to attack anybody. I can't get out of this car. Lock your doors on your car and stay it, there with me. It don't matter. It don't matter. It don't matter. 
He will rip the doors right Sandra, open. Sandra, just do what I'm please. telling you to. Stay in the car. Please the police officers will handle it. Please tell him to shoot him. Please tell him. Please tell him to kill him, please. They did, Sandra. They're shooting at him already, okay? But he's not dead. I know. They will continue until he's dead, okay? I just need you to stay he's on the phone dead. with me and breathe. He's not dead. He's not dead. He's not dead. Oh, God. Oh, God. Travis continued to beat and bite Nash for over 12 minutes until the police and ambulances arrived. As soon as the police car rolled up, Travis charged at it. He hurled himself at the passenger side door, smashing the window. He then ripped off the side mirror and hurled it away. He moved over to the driver's side door and opened it up, burying his bloody fangs at the driver, Officer Frank Chiafari. At this time, Chiafari drew his service weapon and fired at Travis four times. The chimp let out one final scream and then retreated into the house where he was found later dead in his cage. The officers and paramedics, who had to wait till the chimpanzee had been dispatched before moving in, rushed to Nash, who they thought was dead. She had no face and her hands were gone. Fingers and thumbs were scattered all over the ground. Officer Chiafari recalls hoping that she wasn't conscious for all this, but as soon as he got near, Nash reached out and tried to grab his ankle with the stumps of her wrists. She was rushed to hospital. The doctors and surgeons described Nash's injuries as horrendous. They worked for 72 hours straight on her hands and face. The hospital provided trauma counselling to its staff members who initially treated her because of the extraordinary nature of Nash's wounds. Surgeons managed to reattach her jaw, but Nash would be blind for the rest of her life. Her injuries made her a possible candidate for an experimental face transplant surgery. After initial treatment at Stanford Hospital, Nash was transferred to the Cleveland Clinic in Cleveland, Ohio. Her family started a trust fund to raise money to pay her unfathomable medical bills and to support her daughter. In June 2011, Nash underwent transplant surgeries receiving a donated face and hands. The hand transplant was initially successful, but because Nash developed pneumonia shortly thereafter, doctors were forced to remove her newly transplanted hands due to infection and the resulting poor circulation. Nash revealed her new face in public for the first time on The Oprah Winfrey Show on November 11, 2009. Shortly after the attack, a woman who had lived in the same area as the Heralds came forward with information that back in 1996, Travis had bitten her hand and tried to pull her into a vehicle as she greeted him. She claims to have complained to the Heralds and to the police, who then stated they had no record of such a complaint. Following protocol, Travis's head was taken to the state laboratory for a rabies test, and the body was taken to the University of Connecticut for necroscopy. The head tested negative for rabies, but there was Xanax remaining in his system. Investigators believe there were a number of contributing factors that led to the attack in 2009. The Xanax in his system is one of them. Xanax is a short-acting, potent anti-anxiety drug that can cause disinhibition and disorientation, and occasionally paradoxical reactions of hallucination, aggression, rage, and mania in humans. It's possible that Travis was suffering some of these side effects on that day. In addition to the drugs in his system, Nash was wearing her hair differently that day, which could have confused Travis. Lastly, Nash was carrying a Tickle Me Elmo when she arrived. That was Travis's favorite toy. If he was under the impression that she was stealing or had stolen the toy, that also could have contributed to the chimp's confusion and rage. In March 2009, Charla Nash's family filed a $50 million lawsuit against Sandra Herald. Other defendants named in the suit included the Connecticut Department of Environmental Protection, the city of Stanford, Connecticut, and the vet who prescribed Travis the Xanax. 15 months after the attack, Sandra Herald died suddenly of an aortic aneurysm at age 72. Her lawyer released this statement. Ms. Herald had suffered 
a series of heartbreaking losses over the last several years, beginning with the death of her daughter, who was killed in a car accident, then her husband, then her beloved chimp Travis, as well as the tragic maiming of friend and employee Charlie Nash. In the end, her heart, which had been broken so many times before, could take no more. Travis's remains were cremated at All Pet Cemetery in Stamford on February 25th, 2009. <laughs> there you go. That's the story of Travis, everybody. Um, this has been a really unique episode to <laughs> to research and to listen to, and I'm I don't feel like less of a man for admitting this. Um, it made me cry, and that's the first time I've ever cried um, in in researching anything for this podcast before. Um, the unique position that I'm in. Uh, and this, it sounds like a joke, but it's not. Um, so like I said at the beginning, uh, Travis and Trevor are the same character. Trevor is the play and also the character, the chimpanzee. And in uh, Trevor by Nick Jones, I actually am playing Trevor. I'm playing Travis. So that chimpanzee that we just heard about and did all those awful things, um, I am playing playing in a, in a comedy play in January. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Trevor. Trevor is, yet, yeah, like I said, a comedy. Uh, it's based on the events that we just talked about, but it's almost like alternate history. It never gets as bad as as what we just talked about. Um, and I don't want to go into any spoilers about what happened, but it, it is it's a comedy. That's something you should know going in. It's 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 remarkably funny, but it is also really heartfelt as well. So some of the things that are in common, and again, I will avoid spoilers, but some of the things that are in common are obviously Trevor Travis, that's the same. Sandra um, is actually the character. Sandra is her actual name in the play as well. And uh, so Sandra is played by uh, Karen Landry and uh, we don't see him, but Jerome is mentioned as well. Um, there are other characters that have like, um, what, what's, what's the word? They have like analogs, um, but they're not, uh, called the same name and they, they, they're not necessarily the same thing. So, so Officer Chiafari um, isn't mentioned by that name, but there is a police officer named Jim and I think that they, uh, they're analogs of each other. So Jim is played by Patrick Campbell and Charla Nash isn't a character in the play, but the closest analog for her is the character of Ashley who lives next door, in this version of the, of the story, lives next door to Tra Trevor and Sandra. Um, and she's played by Maddie Bailey, uh, who also recently had a baby, so Mazel Tov, so that kind of <laughs> works out really well with what happens in the play. Um, so yeah, those are some of the uh, <laughs> the similarities. Like I said, it, it, it's it's been really weird researching this episode, knowing that like that's the character. <laughs> Empathizing on that level as an actor um, ha has been really interesting. Uh, it's, it's not exactly like I'm doing a, it's not exactly like we're doing a uh, autobiography. It, there are many liberties that have been taken, but going through this script that I wrote today for this uh, podcast, there are so many um, things that are in common, just little things here and there that you can see that the writer uh, picked up on and added in, like the fact that Trevor watches television, that he drinks wine, um, that he has a, not necessarily a friendly relationship with cops, but he is familiar with, with cops uh, and police officers, particularly Jim. Um, it may be curious as well. So the Travis story all takes place in Connecticut. Um, you know, they live there the whole life. And at the beginning, I mentioned like the, he, he would wave to the police officers as they would tow cars. And part of me really wonders if if any of the police officers who arrived that day to try and help Sandra and Charla um, were familiar with 
Tra uh, tra nearly said Trevor, Travis earlier on in their careers. It wouldn't surprise me. I think, um, well, no, Stanford, Connecticut's not that small of a place. I've heard of it. Um, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if the officers were familiar, yeah. So, back to Trevor and a little bit of cross-promotion here. So, Trevor is performing at Newcastle Theatre Company from the 8th to the 15th of January, 2022. It is the third attempt Knock and Run Theatre has done to put the show on. It's been cancelled twice due to COVID. Um, the cast is amazing. It includes uh, Karen Landry as Sandra, uh, Patrick Campbell as Jim, uh, Maddie Bailey as Ashley, and also includes uh, Zach Smith, Benjamin Loudett, and Nerida Walker. Walker. And I think that's everyone. It's directed by Alison Van Gaal. Um, it'll be at Newcastle Theatre Company. If you want to buy tickets to that event, you can uh, at www.knockandruntheatre.com or you can call up the box office at Newcastle Theatre Company. Um, I don't know the number of my head, but you can just Google that really easily. Um, yeah, book, come and see the show. It'll be really interesting for you to see that play with this like in-depth knowledge of the story. I think most people know the story of a chimpanzee ripped a woman's face off but they don't know anything more than that they don't know the the details so definitely come check it out it's a play that we've been working really really hard on um and yeah this episode of this podcast has been great for me it's just given me a whole other level of just understanding of of what happened i i feel really bad for for travis i i do i say this a lot but you know in these stories where there's this human animal you know confrontation and and and, and combat it's you know, obviously there's victims. Charla Nash is just such a victim. And so is, so is Sandra. Like, you know, everyone in this story is a victim. But Travis is also a victim. You know, he didn't ask to be born in a chimpanzee sectary and stolen three days later from his mother. Um, he didn't ask to be raised as a human when he's not a human. Um, you know, he didn't ask to be laced with Xanax. Uh, and he didn't ask to obviously be shot by the police when he got confused and freaked out. And unfortunately... Um, badly maimed uh, a woman by the way if you're if you're interested you can find a lot of pictures online about what Shyla Nash looked like right after the attack um I don't recommend it it's pretty horrific it uh, like the image is sort of seared into my eyes um it's pretty intense however you can also find lots of pictures of what she looked like after the face transplant and I have to say that you know knowing what happened to her and, and seeing the injuries that were sustained directly after the attack it's pretty amazing um how good she looks now so i you know th this is another one of those stories that's so recent as well that you, you got to be careful like uh charlo is still alive this was 2009 and i think the last date that i talked in there 2011 uh was when she i think she went on tv in 2011 let me just check yeah, on the, on the November 11, 2009. So 2009, right? Um, this is less than 15 years ago, this this attack happened. So um, it's, it's important to talk about these uh, events with reverence um, when they happened so recently. When they happened, you know, hundreds of years ago, like like with the Chumpawat Tiger or with the Zavo Manning Lions, um, I feel less bad because no one who <laughs> no one who was involved in any of this is still alive. Um, whereas in, in events like this with with Travis or with Gustav or with the Pythons that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, um, you know they the victims some of the victims' families are still alive and some of the victims themselves are still alive. So um, you know and like with the Python Gypsy is still alive from a few weeks back. Go listen to that episode if you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, so yeah, I, I try to. You know, cover these topics with a bit more respect. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, <laughs> that'll do us. We're running out of time, guys. Thank you for joining me for um, 
the latest episode of Man Eaters. Uh, please follow and subscribe wherever you can. Also, follow the Knock and Run Theater podcast if you uh, have swapped over. And if you are from the Knock and Run Theater podcast feed, uh, yeah, consider giving this show a, a follow as well. It's been really nice getting some really good feedback. Um, please go see Trevor. Uh, support that theater company. Support those actors and directors. It's it's amazing. It's a really good piece of work. I know I'm in it and I'm biased, but you know, still still go do it. It's going to be great. And after COVID, if you're in Newcastle or Sydney, after like three months of being stuck inside or even more, um, it would be nice to just go out and see a, see a show. So, so go and do that. And yeah, that'll do me for today, guys. Have a uh, fantastic morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are. Stay safe, uh, stay happy and keep on smiling, everybody. Bye.